I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Duking It Out, your Duquesne Dukes basketball podcast here on the DK Sports Radio Podcast Network. I'm Noah Hiles, Duquesne Dukes beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com, bringing you even more Dukes coverage here as we kick off another week in the college basketball season. And my goodness, if this week is anything like the past couple of weeks, there's going to be plenty to talk about for... A lot more days to come. I took a break last week. There was no show. Had to take some personal time off. But we can talk about what happened since then. It's a new look team. It's a team that's off to a rough start, both overall and in conference play. There's also a new logo. That's a lion, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, but there's a lot of issues. A lot of issues. And uh, this is not the start that Duquesne, entering this year, expected to have they were picked to finish fifth in the Atlantic 10 which looking over things would have had them on the bubble of being an at-large bid for the NCAA tournament the Atlantic 10 is still expected to have about three four maybe even five teams make the big dance this year and if they were to finish fifth and if they actually had a good non-conference performance The Dukes might have got some consideration from the committee. That's not going to be the case now. If Duquesne is going to make the tournament, they're going to have to do it by winning their conference tournament, which, in more news, is not going to be played at the Barclays Center anymore. So a lot of chaos and a lot of issues for this Dukes team. The primary issue is, of course, surrounding the departure of three starters last week. Sincere Carey, Macy Austin, and Lamar Norman Jr. Norman Jr. and Carey are in the transfer portal. Well, Macy Austin might rejoin the team this year. We don't know that just yet. He's opted out for personal reasons for the time being. But when you lose all three starting members of your backcourt, you've got some holes to fill. And those holes have been the gaping issue that has led to Duquesne falling 3-5, and five, the worst start since Keith Dambrot took over the program four years ago. The player who has taken on the most responsibility since the departure of these three starters has been senior Tavian Dunmartin. And I want to talk about his role with the team and what the team, especially Dambrot, is supposed to do with this player. For those who don't know, and I assume there aren't many, because if, if you don't know about Duquesne basketball, I don't know why you're listening to this, but I'll just explain anyway. Tavian Dunmartin came over with Dambrot from Akron. He was a guy that came over as a transfer. He is a sixth man of the year for the Atlantic 10. He's a reliable scorer. 
And scorer is what he does best. He shoots the basketball. He has a lot of confidence doing that. That's what his biggest contribution is. He's someone who plays tough defense. He's a shorter guy, probably the smallest guy on the team. But you wouldn't know that from looking at his stat sheet because he plays so hard. However, right now, he's playing in a role that he's probably not fit to play in. Dan Brott himself has admitted this, saying that, look, he's not a point guard. The team would be better off having him in a scoring role, having him as the secondary scorer, something the team desperately needs. In the last eight halves of basketball the Dukes have played, they've only scored over 30 points in one of them. They've only had multiple double-digit scorers in one of their last four contests. That was in Friday night's loss to St. Bonaventure. Both of the double-digit scorers were forwards, Marcus Weathers and Michael Hughes. They need offensive production from the guards. And they have to start with Tavian Dunmartin. But Tavian Dunmartin's issues existed before the three starters left. This season, the guy has only shot above 40% from the field in two games. He's shooting 30% from three-point range where he's best at all year long. This is a guy who is playing more minutes, but the playing time really hasn't affected his overall field goal percentage. In the two games that he shot over 40% from the field, he played 28 minutes, and that was in the win against UNC Greensboro, where I think he shot 5 for 7 for the field. And then he played 35 minutes, where he shot 44% uh, from the field against Fordham. Both of those games were wins. So when he shoots efficiently... It pays off for the Dukes. But what about all those other games? Like I said, he's playing more minutes than ever before, but playing time didn't affect his shooting percentage and his two most accurate games of the year. So what is it? Is it the added burden of maybe playing on-ball defense more? Is it the stress of knowing how or knowing that he has to get others involved? I think that might be it. The guy has always had a decent assist-to-turnover ratio. It's been positive every single year he's been with the team. And as of now, he's having his best year when it comes to assists per game, averaging 2.6 assists per game this season compared to 2.5, what he had the previous two years. However, this guy is a shoot-first player. The problem is they don't have another point guard to start in his place. The backup point guard was Tavian Dunmartin to give Sincere Carey some spell time. But now that he's gone, you go down the depth chart, the man that was third in line was Sincere Carey's brother, Mikey Bikelia. Well, Mikey Bikelia is still recovering from a stress fracture, a broken foot. So while he plays a couple minutes a game, he's definitely not ready to take the reins as a starting point guard. The other option would be Tyson Acuff, another freshman. So what do you do if you're Keith Dambrot here? Do you keep putting Dunmartin in a situation that is clearly proven not to work for both him and the team? Or do you force a freshman into something they're probably not ready for? You need to remember, these freshman players are not getting the same preparation and experience that freshmen of the past got. Summer ball was different. Spring ball was different. They had to stop organized practices one day into them because of COVID shutdowns. 
And then they went basically a whole month without practicing in December. So these guys are still learning the offense. Do you really want to give them the keys to it? Sounds like a recipe for disaster. It's certainly a big problem that Dambrot has on his hands. I'm glad I don't have to make a, a decision to get them out of it. But at the end of the day, you can't reduce D- Tavion Dunmartin's playing time. You have to find a way to get him on the floor. It's a bad look for team morale if you sit him down and just say, screw it, we're putting freshmen in at point guard, shooting guard, all over the place in the backcourt, and we're just going to groom them to be studs a couple years down the road. That can't be the option. It's a bad look for Dambrot giving up on a guy who's given him everything, That's, and he knows it. It's bad for team morale, and at the end of the day, Tavian Dunmartin is good. When he produces, this team wins. And that's not just this season. That's been his time here. But they have to get him going. And so he either needs to learn how to play point guard, something that he hasn't been able to do, or they need Acuff or Bakelia to miraculously step up. It'll be interesting to see what happens as uh, the season continues to progress. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about the biggest issue the team has faced off the court this season, and it's not the coronavirus pandemic. I'll tell you what it is when we return. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Second segment of the show, we're talking issues. Duquesne's got a lot of them. I just talked about the biggest one on the floor. It's the backcourt. Who's running the point guard? What do you do with Tavion Dunmartin? And that one's tough to handle. But that's at least in the control of Dan Brott and his staff. The biggest issue the team faces off the floor and something that's completely out of their hands is not even the coronavirus pandemic, but something that was hindering the team long before that virus even came to America. And I'm talking about the issue of not having a home court. I want to ask, will the new arena be worth it? In the long run, yes. I mean, that arena is going to be there for decades upon decades. But has the delay of the construction for the UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse permanently damaged the Dambrot era here in Pittsburgh. You might have to wonder if it will. Last year, the team gets off to the best start it's had in years, decades. 
Starts 11-0. It's getting national attention for the first time in a very long time. Getting some respect. You have to think if they had a home venue, maybe they win a couple more games. If Duquesne won a few more games and there was a tournament, they would have been on the bubble. You feel I have to feel like if they had a home place to play and crowds to really get into it that wasn't PPG Paints Arena or another school's gym and they had a place to practice and shower afterward, things would have gone a little bit better for them, right? That wasn't the case. And while they never got a chance to try to win the A-10 tourney and get in that way, they weren't going to make the national tournament. And part of the reason they failed, I'm sure, was not having a regular home court to get better at, to improve at. You go into this year where there is a vir- there is the virus, there's the pandemic, and every team has to deal with that. But not every team has to deal with the other struggles that the Dukes are. Not getting to shower, as Dan Broad always says, we're the smelliest team in the country. And not even knowing where their home court games were going to be. This is a team that didn't release its schedule until like a week before the season started. Part of that reason is they had to convince schools, hey, will you let us on your campus? You can't get on Duquesne's campus right now, or at least you couldn't during the start of the season. It shut off the students and faculty only. I'm sure a lot of universities' campuses are like that. So other places like La Roche and Robert Morris had to really consider, is letting other teams and other people onto our campus the best thing for us right now? as far as health protocols go, they were in a tough spot. And I know this this is no one's fault. They built this arena thinking they'd be out of commission for a year and it would be good to go at the start of this season. They didn't predict a pandemic happening. But as the pandemic occurs, the arena issue becomes even bigger. Logistically, and arguably more importantly, it took a mental toll on the team. I don't have any confirmation on this, but just speculating, that had to have played a role as to why Sincere Carey left the team. The guy had everything he wanted with the Dukes. He was a three-year starter. He was an all-conference preseason pick. Dan Brott trusted him more than anyone else on the floor, and he was playing more than anyone else on the team. So what more could he have wanted? He transferred to Kent State. That's... Not even a lateral move. I would. I mean, it, it's not really even an argument that the Atlantic Ten is a superior conference to the MAC. But what does Kent State have that Duquesne doesn't? They have a home gym. They have a regular facility, and while Duquesne will have that soon, Kerry's thinking about now, as he should be, considering where he's at in his collegiate career. So with the departure of Kerry and then Norman, and then possibly Austin. That sets Duquesne back this season. Can the Dukes afford that type of setback? Danbrock came in and was making major progress. The team's finishing better and better in the overall standings each year. That's probably not going to be the case this season. How does that impact recruiting? They're seeing starters leave. These high school prospects, seeing starters leave. Why? 
Why didn't you guys do as well as you did last year? You had the same exact team. They can explain the arena issue. And it's going to look nice. But is it going to look nice enough to erase the bad season that was this year? Are you going to expect 17-year-old kids to understand that things simply weren't in Duquesne's control? I don't know. Like I said, long-term, this facility will be worth it. It's going to make the university a lot of money. It'll be around forever, and it's going to look a lot nicer than what the Palumbo Center did. So it will be good. But it's not out of the question to think that this is going to put or going to be a major setback to the Dambrot era. If this hurts recruiting, which is going to be challenging enough as it is, being that they're not allowed to go to high school games anymore, and you can't really do any visits, what are they going to do? It really comes down to the freshman class that they have. Thankfully, as I've said before, and as Dan Brott's gone on record with me before, he believes that this freshman group is the most talented group he's had since coming here. One of his best recruiting cl- classes ever. He's going to need them to play well for multiple years. And I think that's why he's taking the long-term approach. Because issues that they haven't been able to control, like a pandemic, and even more so, like a delayed construction project, have pretty much shot this season down the drain. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Duking It Out. I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you all for the coverage. Be sure to let me know how you enjoy this show, what you would like to hear me talk about moving forward by commenting on DKPittsburghSports.com or leaving a comment on whatever platform you tune in on. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and hit that subscribe all button to the DK Sports Radio podcast channel if you haven't done so already. I'm Noah Hiles. I'll talk to you next week.